Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode three of the 2024 podcast series where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And we are now less than a week away from week zero of the 2023 college football season. I can't wait. I hope you're as excited as I am. Football is right around the corner, which means if we have week zero this coming weekend, And the following weekend is going to be Labor Day weekend and a full slate of college football games. And then we'll be into full swing of college football, which means we've got to make sure that we are identifying all of the draft eligible prospects from each of the conferences so we can really keep an eye on a lot of the conference matchups, a lot of these head to head games. Who are the guys to really focus on? Last podcast, we took a look at the SEC. That was the first in our conference outlook. Today, we're going to go ahead and take a look at the Big Ten. And obviously, with with the Big Ten, the big news, USC, UCLA coming to the conference now, Oregon and Washington, essentially causing the the Pac-12 to implode with the announcement of, of the two Northwest teams joining the Big Ten in 2024. So four new teams, that brings the total to 18 in the Big Ten. Maybe it's time for a name change. But in any event, that's all going to be for next season. We've got the, the, the 14 teams that we need to talk about today. And, and I think the first team that we really have to take a look at is the Ohio State. And, and the Buckeyes, look, this was a team that was primed and ready for another playoff run. Unfortunately, they did lose to Michigan in uh, that, that head-to-head game there in uh, November on the 26th. They, they still make it to the playoff and they take on Georgia December 31st Peach Bowl just an epic game end up losing that game 42-41 now you know CJ Stroud it it has moved on number two overall pick of the Houston Texans and really the big question mark is is who's going to be that quarterback who's going to be the guy that's going to take them to the promised land get that elusive national title for Ryan Day and when you look at it offensively There are so many weapons, so many guys that we're going to be talking about with this draft class. Um, But the quarterback is is going to be the big question mark. And the guy that we're looking at right now is Kyle McCord. Uh, Yes, he's a junior, 6'3", 222 pounds. A lot of people have him in their rankings at the quarterback position. And look, I'm not even going to do that. You know, we said the same thing about Carson Beck at, at Georgia. And when you look at Kyle McCord, this is a guy that threw 38 passes a season ago, 416 yards, a couple of touchdowns, a couple of interceptions, really in garbage time behind C.J. Stroud. So we can't really assess what Kyle McCord could do in the FBS against top-notch elite programs. We're going to find out this season, and that's really the beauty of college football. Maybe he can be the next breakout star, but... Uh, you know, we're going to have to let time really really play out there. I'm not going to try to make any projections or anything like that with, with Kyle McCord. I want to see a body of work against actual competition before I can really uh, evaluate where he is in this year's draft class, a guy who's likely going to come back for one more year. But uh, when you look at the, the weapons, obviously the first guy that you have to start, start talking about is, is Marvin Harrison Jr., 6'3", 6'4", over 200 pounds. And, uh, you know, guys that size should not be able to run the way that he does. I mean, this is a guy that can run sub 4'5". Uh, the elusiveness 
and, and the suddenness with the route running is just unreal. You watch some of these whip routes and the way that he's just able to separate from the corners, just absolutely tremendous. And then there's the ball skills, his ability to elevate and attack the football in the air. Uh, the catch radius is huge. The one thing, if there is anything, a knock there with Marvin Harrison, is just the the, the fact that he is not as, as uh, dynamic after the catch. But, man, this guy is just a, an exceptional talent. 77 catches, 1,263 yards, and 14 touchdowns a season ago. Is he a guy that could end up being uh, the first wide receiver to go uh, number one overall uh, since Keyshawn Johnson? You know, that That's the big question mark that a lot of people are kicking around. And I'll tell you what. I, I think if we didn't have a guy by the name of, of, of Caleb Williams or Drake May sitting there at the top, then you know there's entirely uh, you know a, a good possibility that he could very well have made that happen. Um, you know, Keyshawn, last wide receiver back in 1996. While that's not going to happen, he's definitely he's clearly the best wide receiver prospect to come along since Calvin Johnson, Megatron himself, the number two overall pick in 2007. Um, so an exceptional talent, but he's not the only receiver in this in this group that we're going to be talking about. Emeka Ebuka is another guy that has a chance to be a top 10 pick. 6'1", 203 a season ago, went over 1,100 yards, 15.6 yards per reception, and 10 touchdowns on the year. So smooth and fluid with, with the way that he runs his routes. A guy that just knows how to get open. A guy that, that can work the underneath routes, can work the outside, can be a vertical threat for you. He's just a com great complimentary receiver there for Marvin Harrison Jr. And uh, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch the two of them. And obviously, if you're Kyle McCord, first action as a starter, being able to throw to those two receivers, I mean, that's just, come on, that's just ridiculous, right? So then when, when you look at it from there, uh, you know, you've got Julian Fleming, a 6'2", 205-pound receiver. He's a senior, and you know has the you know the, the most time at the school of the of the the leading receivers there. But at 6'2", 205, good size, uh, 15.7 yards per reception, 50, uh, 533 yards, and six touchdowns. The question really is going to be how how much is he going to see the football? I think this is a guy who has a chance to be a day three pick because of. Uh, the, the skill set that he has, he'd be a, a, a starter, really a fork. He's going to be a starter anyway, but a, a focal point of an offense if he weren't lining up there with with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Abuka. Any injuries, he'll be a guy that they'll, they'll really be relying on in the passing game. Um, when when you look to the ground game, you've got Travion Henderson, 5'10", 214 pounds, the junior, um, over 1,200 yards uh, in. Uh, 2021 as a true freshman battled some injuries and that's really the biggest thing is is can he stay healthy because this is a guy who has the lateral agility to make you miss in the hole has the the power between the tackles and then the speed on the outside to be a home run threat 27 receptions as well in 2021 this is a guy that I think is really just primed and fueled and ready to go uh, to be a top running back you know, I think it's it's wide open at the top. You've got Blake Corum, who we'll be talking about. Braylon Allen. Look, the, the running back class starts here in the Big Ten, and, and Travion Henderson has to be a guy in that discussion. If you look at you know uh, Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, who's going to be that duo? It could very well be here at Ohio State with Mayan Williams as well. 5'8", 227 pounds, a bowling ball of a dude. Uh, look, 6.7 yards per carry in his career, 14 touchdowns a season ago. Another guy that paddled some injuries, but this is a guy not 
not really known for being a pass catcher, but he can be. He can get those short yardage uh, carries. A guy that can be physical between the tackles. He's not going to run away from you, but uh, a guy that has a chance to be a, a day three pick. A tight end, Cade Stover. 6'4", 255 pounds. What I love about Cade Stover is his ability to be a receiver, stretch the defense a little bit up the seam, a guy that can, you know, has really good hands, can catch the football um, over the middle as well, converted linebacker, understands where the linebackers are going to be, uh, but also he's improving as a blocker. This is a guy that I think is, is continuing to get better uh, as an inline blocker. You know, again, he, he came to Ohio State as a linebacker and really flipped to the offensive side of the football in 2020 uh, but look, 36 catches, 406 yards, five touchdowns. He'll be a guy to watch out for, for sure, uh, at that tight end position. Then you move to the offensive line, and this is a group, look, you know, you're reeling a little bit, losing Paris Johnson Jr., the number three overall pick, Dewan Jones, the right tackle. They're on to the NFL, and uh, obviously Josh Whippler as well at that center position. This is going to be the biggest question mark. You know, you got Josh Fryer, a junior, 6'6", 320 pounds, playing left tackle, but really, you know, the, the you know a couple of freshmen potentially playing at center and right tackle, but it's going to be your guards. Those are the guys that you're really going to be relying on for that veteran leadership. Donovan Jackson. 6'4", 320 pounds, a guy that has a chance to be a first-round pick. He'll be battling Cooper Beebe from K-State to be that number one guard. Um, and look, 36-inch arms, a guy that, that moves really well, uh, a guy that can be very physical at the point of attack as well. Matt Jones, no slouch either, 6'4", 312 pounds. Uh, I think these are two guys to definitely keep an eye out for up front. They're going to be the leaders. And uh, if Ohio State wants to protect Kyle McCord, open up some running lanes for Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams. These two guys need to bring along these freshmen and uh, and Josh Fryer, who has had some experience, but they're going to have to help bring that, that offensive line along if they want to make noise in Big Ten play. Then we get to the defensive side of the football. And uh, again, you know they're, they're stacked in terms of quite a few uh, prospects here. And, and the first one, obviously, is going to be JT Tui Maloau. Uh, 6'4", 270 pounds. This is a dude, um, you know, when you look, you talk about sacks, uh, a, a guy that wasn't overly productive from that standpoint, a guy that just really struggled to um, get home uh, in, in quite a few games. And, and when you look at him, you know, 10 and a half tackles for loss, though, three and a half uh, sacks, a couple of interceptions and a touchdown to go along with four pass breakups. And I think really you have to put on that, that Penn State film and see what he is capable of doing. In that game, six tackles, three going for loss, two sacks, the two interceptions, including one where he jumped into the passing lane and takes off for the for the touchdown, really changing uh, the, per, the whole complexion of that game. Ohio State was really struggling, uh, and they ultimately got that boost from JT Tuimaloao and just a dominant effort. This is a guy that I think could end up cementing his status as one of the top two or three edge rushers in this year's draft class. Um, you know, On the opposite side is Jack Sawyer. You know, 6'4", 265, highly touted guy coming in, um, you know, led the team in sacks. He and Michael Hall Jr. Uh, with four and a half in terms of the returners on the defensive side of the ball. He he has to come in and he has to fill the hole that's left by, by Jack, uh, I'm sorry, by Zach Harrison. He's going to have to showcase, you know, the speed coming off the edge, be able to get to the quarterback with, with uh, regularity. Um, you know, I think this is a guy that could end up being another Sam Hubbard type type of player. Um, so he'll be a guy that I think if he has a big year, we're going to see his name rising up draft boards quickly. Um, I, I think that's one of the things that you saw with Sam Hubbard, um, you know, a veteran guy now, obviously with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. But uh, Hubbard, ultimately a third round pick. 
number 77 overall back in 2018. I think there's a chance that Jack Sawyer could probably come off the board right around in that same range. Mike Hall, look, 6'2", 285 pounds, a junior. This is a dude that, can, that has that, that quick get-off coming off the line. A little undersized, but look, again, four and a half sacks on the year. He's playing next to uh, to Ty Hamilton. He was 6'3", 295. Tyleek is, is a big dude, uh, strong at the point of attack, very athletic. Um, these are a couple of guys. I think Hamilton, uh, because of that size, may end up coming off the board before uh, Michael Hall. But again, I think these are two guys that could end up you know, cementing their status as day two selections as well. Linebackers, obviously, come on. Tommy Eichenberg, uh, 6'2", 239. He was a stud uh, a, a season ago. 120 tackles. His eyes take you to the football. You know, If you want to know where the football is going to be, watch number 35. Um, you know, the unquestioned leader of this defense. Uh, I think this defense is going to go as, as he goes in a lot of ways because he makes a lot of plays flying around sideline to sideline. Um, he's a guy that, you know, keep an eye out for him. I think he's a guy that um, is going to rise up some draft boards. I think he's a guy that, that could end up being probably the, the, the third uh, inside linebacker taken in the draft. Um, so it's really going to be a lot of fun to see what he could do. Steel Chambers, 6'1", 232 pounds, a guy that I think could end up being uh, a day three selection. Um, I think they'll be relying on him to uh, continue uh, to develop uh, alongside Eichenberg there. And then you get to the secondary, and obviously Denzel Burke, 6'1", 190 pounds. Uh, the junior was a, a Jim Thorpe Award finalist, uh, semifinalist a season ago. Um, I think Burke, up and down year, you know, had, had you know, got beaten a few times for, for some touchdowns, but a guy that I think can um, get over the hump there as a uh, as a legitimate um, lockdown corner. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to be able to do that. Um, you know, really, they, they get Notre Dame. They're on the 23rd of September. Um, you know, you have Penn State. You've got Wisconsin's new offense. Um, obviously, you're finishing the year out there at Michigan. Allow him to, to lock down some top-notch receivers, and you're going to see Denzel Burke. You know, he has a has an outside shot there. You know, I mean, at a you know, what first round, likely going to be a second-round pick um, if he continues to develop and continues to show the progress. That's really going to be the big question mark right now. Uh, Lathan Ransom, he's actually the Jim Thorpe Award semifinalist, not uh, Denzel Burke, but he's going to be that veteran presence on the back end of the defense. 6'1", 205. Um, a lot of question marks. So Josh Proctor, I thought, had an up-and-down year. Um, you know, They're going to have Jihad Carter coming in from Syracuse. Um, he's a guy that has has a lot of potential. Um, you know, He's a guy that free safety... Uh, and somebody that I think can end up getting a lot of play, playing time there. And then Ole Miss transfer, uh, Davison Ignison. Uh, he's a guy that I think has good speed, good ball skills. He's another guy, you know, at that cornerback position. Um, you're getting some of these guys that are coming in from the transfer portal. Those are the guys to really keep an eye out for and see how they can develop uh, within this, uh, th this defense. Also, Sonny Styles. Can't forget about him. Only a sophomore, the strong safety. Um, you know, he and Igbenison aren't draft eligible, um, but I think they can end up making some noise there. So, I mean, having Carter playing there with Styles, I think Styles has a chance to become a star uh, in Big Ten play. So I've got Ohio State really penciled ahead of, of Michigan. I think a lot of people have that reverse. But when I look at things, just the weapons there, as long as that offensive line can really protect uh, Kyle McCord, um, you know, I think the secondary also needs to make sure that they are gelling. But... 
man, there's just so much talent on that team. I, I think this may be the year that uh, they can finally get over the hump. Uh, you know, But again, quarterback play, offensive line, secondary, those are going to be the big question marks for me for Ohio State. But skill position when you're talking about uh, the, the draft, there are a lot of guys that are going to come off the board in the uh, first three rounds of the draft. A lot of guys on the defensive side of the football as well. I think the draft in 2024 is going to be littered with Ohio State, uh, both uh, offensively and de- defensively. Which then takes us to Michigan. I think Michigan you know, is either you know 1A or 1B when you're talking about the top of the Big Ten. And I think when you're talking about it, uh, the quarterback position, J.J. McCarthy has to be uh, front and center. Over over 2,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, five interceptions. Also a guy that can get the job done on the ground. Look, this was a guy who came in and uh, asserted himself as the starter and really forced Cade McNamara to transfer to, uh, to Iowa. And when you think about that, this is a guy that I, I think can – you know, he needs to continue to elevate his game. I think that's really one of the big things. They've got a, a tremendous offensive line yet again this year. Um, look, you know, he had 343 yards uh, against TCU trying to come back. This is a team that's really relying upon that running game. The one-two punch that we're going to talk about there with Blake Corum and Donovan uh, Edwards. Um, but J.J. McCarthy is the guy that I think is going to be the difference maker for them. That's going to be the big question mark. He, he has uh, such a good feel for, for the offense. He's a guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do because when you look at this quarterback class, um, I think I've got him penciled in right now as my number six or number seven quarterback. But, you know, again, I think the number three spot behind Caleb Williams and Drake May, it's wide open. Could it be Quinn Ewers? He's got to be more consistent. Bo Nix, he's got to take that next step. Michael Penix Jr. can't even stay healthy. You know, so J.J. McCarthy is a guy that could definitely move up the ranks and potentially see his name as a first-round pick, but he's got to make sure that he's dialed in. He was also the team's third-leading rusher behind Corman Edwards, 306 yards, five touchdowns. So I, I think J.J. McCarthy is a guy that, that's primed and ready to really cement his status. Um, you know, Blake Corum, look, 5'8", 210 pounds, the bowling ball of a dude. This guy was was really cementing his status as the number three running back behind uh, Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs and was talked about as a potential first-round pick. I don't care what anybody says about him now. Um, at that time, he was a potential first-round pick. And, um, you know, it's funny. I, I'm hearing a lot of people saying now that, well, no, he wasn't going to be a first-rounder. No, there was legitimate talk about him being a first-round pick. Seventh in the Heisman voting. Um, you know, unfortunately, he tears his ACL. The big question mark is, you know, what are we going to have with him coming back? His ability, you know, to to make these cuts, make these insane cuts at, at these weird angles because he sees a quick hole and able to bounce it and get to that hole quickly and then be able to get to the outside and show that speed down the sideline. Is he going to be that same type of a player? This is a guy 40 receptions in his career as well. Um, I think that Blake Corum has a chance to cement his status as the top uh, top running back potentially. Obviously, I mentioned Travion Henderson. We'll be talking about Braylon Allen here in a minute. Um, but then you also look at, at Donovan Edwards and what he was able to do. Uh, Donovan Edwards, uh, a pad dude in his own right. 
991 yards on the ground a season ago, 7.1 yards per carry, and seven touchdowns. This was a guy, all he needed was a crease, and he was able to take it the distance. Uh, so that's why I, I look at Donovan Edwards, only a junior, uh, tremendous ability as a pass catcher. Just get him out in space and let him do his thing, um, and he'll outrun you. Um, you know, six foot two oh two though. I mean, you're talking about a guy who has really good size for him as well. The track track uh, ability. You know, 38 catches in his career. I think he's a guy to really keep an eye out for. Um, rise up some draft boards. He could be a top five running back. And then I talked about. Um, Roshan Johnson and Bijan Robinson and that duo. I look at this group, it's really more of a 1A, 1B type of a thing. So you're talking about two guys that are really elite that are going to be uh, taken off the boards in the first two days of the draft. Um, then you look at, at the receiver position, and this is where I think Michigan is going to need to continue to develop. Um, you know, Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, you know, they, they're both returning. And to be honest with you, I, I, I'm haven't been all that impressed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to see these guys really break out. Cornelius Johnson, 32 catches, 499 yards, six touchdowns. Um, but when are you know are we really going to get to see see a whole lot from them? Um, that's going to be a big question mark. I mean, you look at a guy like like Ronnie Bell, who was the unquestioned leader of this group, and he was taken with a 253rd pick overall. Uh, by the San Francisco 49ers. That's in the seventh round. And, uh, you know, I look at Cornelius Johnson. I look at Roman Wilson. I don't see anything in either of their games that screams, yeah, absolutely, these are going to be guys that are going to be taken, um, you know, even in the fourth or fifth round. I think right now you're looking at guys who are going to be towards the end of day three. They're going to need to really step up and help out J.J. McCarthy in the passing game. Look, you know, I, I love Colston Loveland, the tight end. This is a dude who is emerging as a, uh, a bona fide beast. 6'5", 237 pounds, um, was a tremendous receiver for them. And, uh, look, he was backing up Luke Schoomaker. He's going to be the guy now. Um, A.J. Barner coming in from Indiana. Uh, he's 6'6", 250 pounds. This is a guy, look, you know, he's a, he looks a lot like Schoonmaker. You know, he may not get the attention that, that Colson Loveland had, but I, I think Barner's a guy that um, they're going to play a lot of t two tight end sets, and he's going to be a guy that I think everyone needs to be watching out for. Just 42 catches a season, you know, um, in his career, 361 yards and four touchdowns, but he's a name to get to know. I think he's a guy that can end up working into this offense. Look, you know, they're able, you know, Luke Schoomaker and, and Colson Loveland were able to coexist in this offense. I think that that's the same thing that's going to happen with with, uh, with Loveland and Barner. Um, I think it'll be a lot of fun to see uh, how these guys can take off. Um, I, I think, honestly, I think their play will probably exceed what you're going to see at the receiver position. Which takes us to the offensive line. I swear, the Joe Moore Award, which is the giant award. It's a, you know, I mean, I, I think everyone trying to move that trophy they're probably happy that it's just residing in, in Ann Arbor. They've had it there the last two seasons, and really the question now is, is are we going to see it there for a third? I mean, you've got five seniors up front, all guys that are going to be um, talked about as potential you know, top ten at their position. Um, you know, you look at uh, Ladarius Henderson, the left tackle, 6'5", 310 pounds. He transferred in from, from Arizona State, and uh, – I think he's a guy that has a lot of potential, but people are already talking about him as a top five or six tackle. Um, honestly, there wasn't that much hype around him at Arizona State, so I'm kind of surprised that we're hearing so much hype around him right now. It, to me, it's just kind of a wait and see. Let's see what he can do. He's definitely athletic. Um, I want to see what he can do in that ground game there for Michigan. So, you know, the jury for me is still out. 
Um, then you look at at the right tackle position. You've got Carson Barnhart, you know, 6'5", 308. I thought he was pretty consistent there on the right side, um, but he's also going to be pushed by Miles Hinton from from uh, Stanford. You know, he's one of two Stanford transfers uh, that are going to be coming over. And, uh, you know, Hinton's a guy that I think could end up uh, making some waves there at that right tackle spot. I think he and, and Carson Barnhart will probably end up sharing some time there. Um, so, really, you've got six guys draft eligible that have a chance to get drafted. Um, but I think ultimately Barnhart will probably end up seeing the, uh, the bulk of, of, uh, of the playing time. You move to the inside and the interior of that line. And my, my, one of my favorite guys to watch is Zach Zinter. Uh, 6'6", 315, so physical at the point of attack. This is a dude that is just tough as nails. He's going to look to beat you up and, and just maul you. Um, very nasty uh, disposition. I think I'm a lot higher on him than a lot of guys, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do, elevate his status as a potentially a top five guard in this year's draft. Then on the opposite side, there's there's Trevor Keegan, the left guard, 6'6", 305, veteran presence there. I think he'll be in that conversation in, in mid-day three. Uh, at the center spot, obviously Drake Nugent is going to have to replace Olu Oluwatimi, um, you know, who, look, he won just about every award you could win there at the interior line. Um, you know, Remington Award winner, uh, I believe it was the Lombardi that he won as well. Uh, fifth round pick of the Seattle Seahawks. He'll end up taking over uh, for the starting spot at some point there from, from Evan Brown. But uh, Drake Nugent from Stanford, he's 6'1", 6'2", 310 pounds. I think length is going to be the biggest question mark for him. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Then defensively, I think Chris Jenkins is the guy that everyone is, is wanting to see play. 6'3", 285, defensive tackle, a guy that I think could end up being a five technique in a 34 defense. This guy, look, you know, they, they call him the mutant. Um, a, a guy that, you know, he's in that, that Bruce Feldman freaks list. Bruce Feldman from, from The Athletic and, and Fox Sports. I, I honestly believe that this is a guy that's primed to really uh, have a huge year. But, you know, the big question mark is, is, you know, can he lead the pass rush? You know, can he help bring that along? Um, you know, I, I think that's going to be a big question mark. But I think he's a guy that can push the pressure, put pressure on the quarterback from within. That's something that I think we're definitely going to be keeping an eye out for, for sure. Uh, you've got Jay, uh, Jalen Harrell, 6'4", 246. Braden uh, McGregor, 6'6", 261. Harrell had three and a half sacks a season ago. Those are going to be the two guys right now that are going to be looked upon to um, – Replace Mike Morris, who, you know, look, seven and a half sacks a season ago. He was really the guy that was leaned on and looked to to uh, put pressure on the quarterback on a consistent basis. I, I honestly think that, um, you know, McGregor has a chance to have a, a breakout year. You know, look, you know, really excellent size. Harrell is another guy who's very athletic. But these are going to be guys that are going to be pushed by Josiah Stewart from Coastal Carolina. 6'2", 245. You know, could end up being um, you know, a hybrid. Um, I think a you know, 34 outside linebacker makes the most sense. Um, had a burst you know, or a breakout freshman year with 13 sacks, 16, going, 16 tackles for loss in 2021. Uh, only got to the quarterback three and a half times, 10 tackles for loss a season ago. He's a guy that I think is primed for another big year there in the Big Ten. Keep an eye out for Josiah Stewart. I think he's a name to, to really get to know. Uh, could be a breakout star. Julie, uh, junior Colson, 6'2", 235, the junior. Look, if you're high on on Jeremiah Trotter, possibly even um, you know Tommy Eichenberg, some of these guys that fly around and make plays, uh, but you want to wait until maybe day number three to get a linebacker, look at Junior Colson. 
Um, look, you know, 101 tackles a season ago. He flies around, makes plays, uh, really a heady performer. He'll be a guy to keep an eye out for, for sure. Uh, all Big Ten performer. Then you got Michael Barrett, you know, six-year player, uh, a guy, look, three and a half sacks, you know, a season ago. He, he's the will and uh, a guy that you're going to see fly around uh, as well. Um, he'll be pushed a little bit, I think, by, by Ernest Hausman, the transfer from Nebraska, only a sophomore. I think that's really going to be interesting, but I think the linebacker play, we need Colson and Bar uh, Barrett to step up. If you're a Michigan fan, that's what you're saying. You want to see them step up. You want to also see that pass rush. You know, look, you got Mason Graham, the big dude, the big unit there at, at the nose tackle spot, 6'3", 317 pounds. Um, you know, I think he's the guy that we'll be talking about for uh, the 2025 draft. Um, at, at, you know, the secondary, a lot of question marks. Uh, at safety, R.J. Moten's gone, but you have Rod Moore. Rod Moore had four interceptions a season ago. I think he's primed uh, to be a, a top five safety in the league. I mean, in the draft class, six foot, 185 pounds. Uh, not only that, but then you have Will Johnson, the sophomore. He won't be in this year's draft class. We'll be talking about him as a potential top corner in next year's draft class. 6'2", 194 pounds. Excellent length and range. Uh, Makari Page is an interesting caddy. Uh, the strong safety, 6'4", 200. Uh, Want to really see him elevate his game there. Um, then you've got the, the nickelback, the, the team captain, the converted wide receiver, Mike Sainer still. Only 5'10", 182 pounds. But man, you know he, he plays the game the way it should be played. You love the fire. You love his ability. Look, six and a half tackles for loss from that, that nickel position. I think he understands what receivers want to do. Being an ex receiver at the FBS level, he's a guy. You know, I, I think you know with a big year, he could potentially hear his name called towards the end of day number three. Um, but when I look at Michigan, I think the questions there at pass rush. Uh, I think there are questions potentially even with that linebacking group. Can they make enough plays? And then in the secondary, you know, you've got Will Johnson on one side. Who's going to be the guy making plays on the other side? Can Rod Moore um, duplicate his effort from a season ago? What are we going to see from Page and Sandra still? I think there are some question marks there. But we know that the offense is going to be putting up points. So it's really just going to be about that defense and what the defense can bring. I think really after that, the next team that we have to be talking about is Penn State, right? I mean, the Nittany Lions, this is another team that is poised to be a, a top 10 team. And uh, look, you know, when, when you watch the, the season begin, th this was a team that was on a roll. They win uh, you know, five in a row. They, then they lose to Michigan. They lose to Ohio State. They really need – and then they, they win out from there, right? This is a team that just needs to figure out what they need to do to get over the hump. Sean Clifford is no longer here. I think he's actually done a decent job in, in Green Bay Packers camp, um, but this is Drew Aller's team. 6'5", 242 pounds. I'm excited to see what this kid can do. He's a guy that we could be talking about in next year's draft. Uh, really want to see the development. You know, only 344 yards, four touchdowns a season ago, uh, backing up Sean Clifford, but this is his team now. and really wanted to see what he can do to put a stamp on this program. The running back spot, you know, they're, they're really led by a couple of, of freshmen uh, a season ago, and now they're sophomores. Nick Singleton, six foot, 228 pounds. Then you have uh, Keetron Allen at, uh, you know, ran for 867 yards and 10 touchdowns. These were the guys that were just, they, they were the workhorses. And, you know, that really was the, the difference there, I think, for them. You know, the, the receiving core was really kind of lacking a lot of weapons. And, and so they had to, to really rely on a ground game that was not only efficient, but these were guys that uh, you know had that home run ability. I mean, when you look at Singleton and Allen, this was the first uh, freshman teammates in Big Ten history with at least 700 yards rushing. 
Um, you know, I think that's something that really is uh, is staggering. And when you talk about this group, um, you also have to look at that offensive line. Olu Fashanu would have been a top 10 pick in last year's draft had he decided to come out. Let me say that again. Olu Fashanu, he may have even been the number one tackle. And yes, Paris Johnson Jr. came off the board number three overall. I think Fashanu could have been that number three pick. Um, 6'6", 323 pounds. I love the fact that he's coming back for another year. He can really hone those skills. Obviously, um, you know, I, I don't think he'll be a top three pick, but I think he could end up coming off the board at number four overall. It just depends on who's going to be picking there. Do they need an offensive tackle? But this is a guy, he's got the goods. You see the footwork. You see his recovery ability. You know, you love um, that athleticism. His ability, watch that Ohio State game. His ability to handle the speed rush of JT Tuimaloau and then the, the speed, I'm sorry, the strength and the bull rush and the length of Zach Harrison. Two different guys using that speed and quickness off, you know, off the ball uh, to defend or to block one guy. And then the next guy able to drop anchor and really be able to hold that point of attack. Really impressive. I think he needs to work on some of the technique. You know, the hand placement uh, can get a little inconsistent at times, but man, he is a dynamic athlete. I think he's the guy there at that offensive tackle position. Pencil him in as OT1. Um, but look, you know, it's a veteran line. You know, you've got, you know, Caden Wallace on the right side, Sal Wormley, Hunter Norzad at the center spot. Those are all guys that uh, I think they're going to continue to rely on in that running game, really getting things going. Can they continue and pick things up where they where they left off? This is a team that could be challenging, especially if that running game really gets going, challenging for that Joe Moore Award uh, because of all the veteran leadership that they have up front. Receivers, you know, they I think they really got a, a huge break when, when Dante Cephas decided to transfer from Kent State. 6'1", 186 pounds. Look, you know, Kent State, I thought that was a program that showed a lot of promise. Uh, you know, Colin Schley, the quarterback, uh, Marcus Cooper. Uh, you had uh, Dante Sivas there as the receiver. Ultimately, um, you know, really kind of a, in an unprecedented move, you've got a guy like Sean Lewis who was a, a, a really a, a good head coach, a guy that, look, they were coming off of a 7-7 season um, in 2021, um, took them to a bowl game. Uh, you know their first place in the East there in the MAC 2022 not as strong you know five and seven year ultimately he decides to be the offensive coordinator in Colorado with Deion Sanders uh, interesting move we see Colin Schley transfer to UCLA Dante Cephas is heading to Penn State and he's going to be that that number one receiver there for Drew Aller um, look you know in 2021 when they had that that successful year 82 catches. 1,240 yards and nine touchdowns. You know, he only played in nine games in 2022, battled some injuries, but uh, this is a dude uh, that I think, you know, if he has a big year, we're going to be talking about him as one of these receivers that's going to slide his way into uh, day two consideration. I think he's a much better prospect than, than Parker Washington was. I think Parker Washington got a lot of hype, um, you know, really as as kind of the, the guy that got a lot of the, you know, attention kind of drawn his way with what Jahan Dotson was doing. Um, look, you know, Parker Washington was a six-round pick, uh, number 185 overall, uh, just 611 yards and two touchdowns as the, the guy. I think Dante Cephas is primed for a big year. If he does that, then I think he'll absolutely be a, a day-two selection. Uh, at the tight end spot, you got Theo Johnson, you know, 6'6", 256. And look, this is a guy who was really working in the shadows of Brenton Strange, a guy who wound up coming off the board number 61 overall in round number two to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think Theo Johnson, look, he's got Drew Aller there. 
um, has a chance to really solidify his status as a top tight end. Um, you know, this is a group that, you know, they're all chasing Brock Bowers. I think, you know, Jatavian Sanders is another guy that's going to have a big year. But uh, I, I look at Theo Johnson. I'm really excited to see what he can do. I think he's also very physical at the point of attack, a much better blocker than, uh, than Brenton Strange. So he'll be interesting to watch. And then Tyler Warren. Uh, he's 6'6", 254, another guy, um, you know, big physical dude. Um, keep an eye out for him as well. Um, he's only a junior, so I think he'll come back. Theo Johnson, look, Brenton Strange came out after his junior year. I think there's a chance that we can see the same thing happen there with Theo. Uh, receiver's position, already mentioned Dante Cephas. You know, Keandre Lam uh, Lambert-Smith has flashed some potential. 88-yard um, touchdown catch in the Rose Bowl against Utah. Um, you know, I just I don't know what we're going to see there with him. 6'4", 184, so he's got really good length and size. Want to see what he can do there with, with Drew Aller. And they get Malik McClain from Florida State. Um, so really curious to see what this receiving core can do. Um, but again, I think Dante Cephas is going to be the, the number one wideout for them defensively. I think, you know, you really, the conversation has to start with, with Chop Robinson. 6'3", 253. Uh, look, the junior, uh, you see the explosiveness coming off the football. You see the, the first step uh, ability. You also see him, his ability to come off, um, fire quickly out of his stance, and get into uh, get into the backfield, create, and um, excellent hand usage as well. You know, he transferred from Maryland, gets to Penn State, 10 tackles for loss, five and a half sacks this past season. I'm looking at him. You look at Penn State and you look at these guys. Um, you know, Arnold Ebiketti was was the veteran presence, the guy that really racked up a lot of um, a lot of the stats, right? When you thought about Ebiketti and what he was doing, look, he was also a guy that transferred in, um, and uh, you know, after Temple had six sacks there, and then goes off in 2021. 18 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks, 62 total tackles, ends up being a second round pick, number 38 overall of the Atlanta Falcons. And look, he's primed for a big year under new defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen. But then you have Odafe Owe, um, who, you know, he went by Jason uh, there at Penn State. But look, you know, 6'5", 257, um, you know, a little bit taller than Chop. But uh, look, um, had, uh, what, seven, seven sacks? In his first two years, shows up in 2020, six and a half tackles for loss, zero sacks, but it was all about that potential. Ends up coming off the board number 31 overall. I mean, you think about that. Number 31 overall, a guy that didn't have a single sack in his junior season. And you know, when you look at what o uh, Odafe Owe has done thus far in the league, and you're talking about, well, does it translate? Can we really? What can we really expect to see from him? Look. You know, in 2021, have five sacks, another three in 2022. This is a guy that's still, you know, learning the game. So it's not a, a, an exact comparison. But when you're looking at what Chop Robinson is going to be, is he going to be an Odafe Owe? Or are we going to see him as an Arnold Ebiketti and really have that, that burst and breakout? Ebiketti, 6'3", 253. The body type's very similar. So when I look at the two of them, I think he may be a little bit more uh, Arnold Ebiketti, although I think he's a lot quicker than him. So it'll be interesting to see exactly where things fall. A big year from him. I think he's cemented some status, his status in the first two rounds of the draft. I think, you know, really, if he can cement his status as one of the elite pass rushers in that draft class, he may find his way into round number one. Uh, but his running mate is Adisa Isaac, another guy that I think we have to be talking about as a potential 
uh, you know, day two selection right now. 6'4", 248. Um, you know, I think, you know, when you're talking about the size comparison, he, he fits a little bit more of that, that same uh, mold as Odafe Owe. Um, you know, and uh, in his career, 15 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks. Uh, so what are we going to see out of, out of uh, Adisa Isaac? I look at these two guys. It feels like you got Ebiketti on one side and uh, an Owe on the other. So I think you're going to see that dynamic group for sure. Linebackers, I think the guy that you're really going to have to be focusing on is Curtis Jacobs, number 23, 6'1", 235, the junior. This is a guy that's going to be one of the veteran leaders of this defense. He's a guy that I think flies around and makes plays. Um, you know, I, I'm really curious to see what he can do. And then obviously you have Abdul Carter, who really burst on the scene as a freshman a season ago, uh, led the team uh, in terms of the returners with 56 tackles and six and a half tackles for loss. I think Abdul Carter has a chance to be special. Uh, but Curtis Jacobs is a guy that, um, you know, I think in that fourth, fifth round range, you're going to get a, a really solid, solid player for your football team. Uh, in the secondary, Kalen King, 5'11", 190 pounds, the junior. Um, is he going to be CB1? You know, obviously there was a talk about Joey Porter. He wound up being the number 32 overall pick in the draft to the Steelers. Uh, I, I look at King. I think he can, he can do a good job locking down his side of the, of the field. Had three interceptions a season ago. Um, I look at him right now as either, you know, CB2 or CB3. I just don't see him beating out Kool-Aid McKinstry for that number one spot. But I think there's a great chance that we could see Kalen King as a first-round pick, probably in that, uh, you know, probably late teens to, to the 20s right now. Uh, you know, Johnny Dixon, the other corner, six foot, 193, a guy that, you know, he, he's, he's a veteran, uh, makes a lot of plays. You know, it'll be interesting to see what he can do. And then Keaton Ellis, the safety, 5'11", 191 pounds. I think this is a guy that uh, I think Dixon and um, and Ellis have, have cemented their status as day three performers. I think they'll continue to look to elevate their draft stock uh, as the season progresses. I think that then takes us to, I think, the Wisconsin Badgers. I think that's really the next team that we have to be talking about. And look, gone are the days of Paul Christ and, and company and, and just grinding, you know, grinding things out on the ground and hoping that we have a, you know, a playmaker or two in the passing game. You're going to see a much more wide open offense. You know, I think that's one of the things that's going to be interesting. You've got Phil Longo spreading things out, um, Luke Fickle bringing things in. Tanner Mordecai is going to be your quarterback, 6'2", 215. Uh, Mordecai, look, you know, he started his career there at Oklahoma, transferred to SMU, uh, over 7,100 yards, seven, 72 touchdowns the past two seasons. He understands Longo's offense, and that's going to be something that I think is really going to be exciting to watch. Um, so I'm curious to see exactly what that looks like out on the football field. Um, you know, I... He's not a guy that's going to be in that top 10, you know, and, and possibly even get drafted. Um, but uh, I just think the, the physical makeup just isn't quite there. But uh, I think he's a guy that I think teams are really going to be leaning on. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they need to get something out of that quarterback position. Graham Mertz, who tra you know transferred to Florida, he's really struggled. And so I think having Mordecai, having that, that presence there in the passing game is going to go a long way there. Uh, Braylon Allen, though, is the stud. 6'2", 240 pounds. This dude is an absolute beast. Uh, you know, over 1,200 yards on the ground and 11 touchdowns. He's a guy that has that sprinter speed uh, to go along with, with the size. A lot of people talk about him being this lumbering back. I don't see it. I think he's got tremendous speed in the open field. Yeah, it might take him a little bit to, to get going. He may be a little bit more like a Zach Charbonnet, but uh, a guy that I think... 
his game will translate to the next level. The big difference between him and Zach Charbonnet is, is the inability to really showcase any uh, pass-catching ability. Wisconsin, under Paul Chris, they didn't really throw the football to the running back much at all. But, you know, look, Melvin Gordon ended up being a first-round pick. He didn't catch very many passes. Just 21 receptions in Braylon Allen's career. And I think by comparison, when you look at Melvin Gordon, uh, again, the number 15 overall pick in 2014 by the San Diego Chargers, only 22 and had 19 of those in his junior season in 2024 in 2014. So I look at Braylon Allen. He's a guy to me that I think is a top three or four running back in this draft class. Um, you know, and is going to probably be the MVP of the Wisconsin Badgers team, um, regardless of position. Uh, when you look at the receivers, I think you know that's really where the weakness is going to be. They've really focused on um, you know that running game. So you know you've got Shamir DK, Skylar Bell, Keontes Lewis. You know Mordecai is really going to have to develop uh, that relationship there. You know they brought in Will Pauling from from Cincinnati, C.J. Williams from USC to provide some depth. Um, but that's still going to be a huge question mark. I think Bryson Green from Oklahoma State as well into the mix. But the passing game is going to be a huge question mark for them. And then uh, offensive line, though, I think you know that's really going to be a, a staple and a strength for uh, for Wisconsin. You look at Jack Nelson, the tackle, 6'7", 305, a guy that I think can play inside a guard, can kick it outside there to that left tackle spot. He's a guy that's going to be in consideration as a top 10 tackle. Want to see what he can do in this spread offense. You know, a guy that, look, he's got a lot of tape as a as a road grader in that run-heavy offense. What can he do in this passing game? I think it's really going to help his draft stock overall. Uh, Jake Renfro, you know, a, a guy that I, I want to say he got injured at Cincinnati last year. He's moving over with Luke Fickle to Wisconsin, 6'4", 316, the junior uh, I, I I'm expecting big things from him. I think he has a chance to be the number one center in the Big Ten, beating out the likes of Dr uh, Drake Nugent. Um, I, I think he's he's talented and a guy that should be playing at the next level. One other guy to mention is, is Tanner Bordellini, the left guard, 6'4", 310, uh, a guy who I think has a future as well. May not be in this year's draft class, though. Uh, up front, uh, Isaiah Mullins, 6'4", 295. Uh, Rodas Johnson, 6'2", 299. They're going to be the guys up front. You know, they're, uh, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of the 3-3-5 three, three, defense, you know, under Mike Tressel. Um, you know, it, just not really sure exactly what you're going to see there up front out of this group. Um, I think that's going to be the big question mark. Obviously, when you're talking about, you know, Miami, uh, Zhang Meta. Uh, the, the junior, six foot, 240 pounds, 95 tackles a season ago. Also led the team in, in, in sacks with three and a half in terms of the returners. I know that Nick Herbig had 11 a season ago, but he was third on the team in sacks and, uh, and second on the team in tackles for loss with 11 and a half behind only Nick Herbig. Um, he's going to be the playmaker. He's going to be the guy that's flying around. I expect him to get after the quarterback a little bit more in this defense as well uh, at that inside linebacker spot. He's a guy that I think could rise dra up draft boards. Will he stay for another year? That's going to be a big question mark. You know, really with with where Wisconsin's program is heading under Luke Fickle, it wouldn't surprise me if he decides to come back for another year. He could be to be one of the top inside linebackers in next year's draft. Uh, then you get to the the secondary. Um, you know, Ricardo Hallman, 5'10", 180 pounds. He's a guy that uh, is back for another year. Keep an eye out there for him. He's a guy that I think is going to be interesting um, as a potential playmaker there on the back end. You have Kamoe Latu, um, who led the, the, the team in interceptions at the free safety spot um, in terms of the returners. When I say led the team, 
that, that's the guys that are still on the roster. Um, but I think the secondary, there's going to be a lot of question marks there. Um, they really have to kind of build that group up. Um, so I think there are going to be questions. You know, there's going to be question marks. I, I think, you know, you've got the linebacker spot. CJ Getz is a guy that I didn't really mention, but 6'2", 235. Uh, who's going to be really the guy that's going to put pressure on the quarterback, much like Nick Herbig was able to do a season ago? Um, you know, Mullins, uh, Johnson, and uh, and James Thompson Jr., uh, who's a junior, um, they, let, they combined for 14 tackles for loss. I think that's a group that's going to have to continue uh, to get into the backfield, eat up a lot of blocks, and allow you know Zhang Meta to, to roam around and make plays. I think the offense is going to score a lot of points, but I think defensively, that's really where the biggest question mark is going to be for Wisconsin, which I think takes us to Iowa. And uh, you know, Iowa is an interesting team. You know, they, the quarterback play, Spencer Petras, really struggled to be consistent. In steps, Cade McNamara. Look, this guy led Michigan to a Big Ten title, college football playoff in 2021, gets benched in 2022 in favor of J.J. McCarthy, and now he gets to lead Iowa that had one of the worst offenses in team history. I mean, when you're looking at Iowa a season ago, that Illinois game, you know, uh, losing 9-6, to they took on South Dakota State and won 7-3. to uh, they, they lose a heartbreaker against Iowa State, 10-7. Um, you know, it, it was just an offense that just couldn't get out of their own way. They really struggled to move the ball at all. Um, so I think this is a team, when you look at McNamara, um, he's got some skills. He's got some athleticism. He's a guy that I think um, can lead this team. Um, you know, they needed, you know, I think whenever Iowa has a solid quarterback, they end up doing well in conference play because of that defense. And so I, I think that's this year is going to be no question. Uh, it's going to be the same thing. Kate McNamara, 6'1", 206. He, especially after what happened in 2022, he's going to have to have a huge year to get back on draft radars. Um, that's going to be the big question mark there. Caleb Johnson, their, their sophomore running back, 6'2", 12. Not draft eligible, but look, he, he led the team on the ground, 779 yards, six touchdowns, offensive line, is going to have to really uh, help him out here and really get things going. Uh, I think Mason Richmond, uh, the 6'6", 308, Connor Colby, really the same size. Uh, Colby could be play right tackle. I think he'll end up starting the year probably at left guard. Uh, but these are two guys that I think could end up finding their way onto an NFL roster. Probably not this year. They'll probably come back for another season, uh, especially after what happened Um a season ago, but these are two guys that are very experienced. Connor Colby could end up being one of the top tackle prospects. Mason Richmond as well. Um, I think Logan Jones, their center, 6'3", 283. They've got you know some veteran leadership up there. Um, they just need to really be able to churn things out. Brian Ferentz, you know, always has really solid offensive line play. If they can block for Cape uh, uh, McNamara, really open up things in the running game, I think they could potentially have something there and, and turn that offense around. Um, obviously, you know, with Iowa, the, the wide receiver cord, uh, Nico Regani, uh, who's, you know, six foot, 196. He's the, the leading receiver in terms of the wide receivers, 386 yards and a touchdown. Again, this offense sputtered, you know, with Spencer Petras leading the way. Um, so when I look at this group, um, I think Regani is a guy that could find his way onto a roster as an undrafted free agent right now. I just don't see him you know, actually getting drafted. But you've got a couple of tight ends. Luke Lachey, 6'6", 252, only a junior, uh, 28 catches, 398 yards, and four touchdowns. Really you know, played second fiddle to Sam Laporta. He's going to be the guy now. 
and, and he's a guy that I think has really good uh, really good hands, a guy that's going to be a blocker. He led the team with four touchdown receptions as well. Uh, and then he's going to be pairing up with Eric All you know, from, from Michigan, 6'5", 255 pounds. This is a guy um, ends up going down to injury, has a uh, you know, season-ending injury, and you look at what Colson Loveland's doing, Eric All's like, man, i got to get out of Dodge and get to a team where I can really be the focal point. He was a year removed from having 38 catches, 437 yards, and two touchdowns. If he can prove that he's all the way back from that knee injury, I think Eric All can get back into that, that conversation as a, a draftable tight end. Um, you know, the big question mark is just going to be whether or not he can continue to uh, to get the job done on that knee. Uh, when you take a look at at, at the, the defensive front, obviously, um, when you've got a guy like Lucas Van Ness, the number 13 overall pick, um, you know, coming off the bench, you know, that says a lot about this this team up front. You know, Joe Evans, 6'2", 246, a guy that knows how to get after the quarterback a little bit. He and Deontay Craig, um, you know, coming back. Six and a half sacks to to lead the group that's coming back to the to the program. You know they, they do have to replace Jack Campbell there at middle linebacker. What I love is the fact that they're getting Nick Jackson, the 6'2", 225 pounder from Virginia. This is a guy that I think he's going to be able to come in and showcase what he can do. I think you know he was at, at Virginia. People didn't really get to see what this kid can, can do. And look, three seasons back to back to back over a hundred tackles, 352 in his career. 20 tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks, eight pass breakups. This is a guy. Look, you know he he doesn't quite look the part in terms of Jack Campbell because of the the lack of overall size. He's only 6'1", 235. But he's a guy that can be a playmaker in this defense. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, in the middle of that defense. Obviously, they, they lose Justin Jacobs. Um, he transferred to to Oregon, but getting Nick J- uh, Nick Jackson is is huge. Um, but the linebacker play, they're going to have to replace some guys, you know, namely uh, Jack Campbell. This is going to be a group that people are going to be keeping their eyes on. Uh, secondary, you know, you don't have Riley Moss anymore. You don't have Kayvon Merriweather, but you do have Cooper DeGene. And Cooper DeGene, look, three interceptions that he returned for touchdown, five overall. This is a guy, look, 75 tackles, was the leading returner there, third on the team overall. Um, all Big Ten, junior and uh, Cooper Gene looks 6'1", 209, uh, plays the game much like Riley Moss. Uh, he's just a lot of fun to watch, athletic, a guy that has tremendous ball skills. He's a guy to me that has a chance to be a top five corner. Keep an eye out for him for sure. Um, and then Quinn Schulte, the, the free safety, 6'1", 208. Uh, I think Schulte is going to bring some veteran leadership there on the back end. Much needed there. Obviously, when you lose a guy like Kayvon Merriweather, that's going to be huge. Um, but look, you know, Phil Parker, one of the best in the game on the defensive side of the football. I'm really curious to see what some of these new guys are going to be able to do in this offense. Who's going to be the guy that's going to help really put pressure on that uh, on the quarterback? Up front, that's going to be interesting to see. But when you got Nick Jackson, Cooper DeGene kind of leading things um, to go along with, with Evans and Craig putting pressure on the quarterback, I think that's going to be a group that um, is going to be underrated. People are, are not going to be um, – they may overlook them. And if you do, then uh, I think Iowa's going to end up smacking you in the mouth left and right. I think after that, that takes us to Maryland, doesn't it? Um, Maryland is, is an interesting team. Um, obviously, Talia Tagovailoa is back. Um, I think there were rumors that uh, teams were offering him a, a crazy amount of money to transfer, but he is staying. And uh, you know, 5'11", 200 pounds, undersized, but a guy that can be a playmaker. There's a lot that he can do there. Um, 
Over 3,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, did have the eight interceptions, struggles with with some of the accuracy at times, um, decision-making. He gets Deshaun Jones coming back. And when you lose a pair of receivers in Rakeem Jarrett and Dante Demas, that's definitely going to hurt the passing attack. But Deshaun Jones, 44 catches, 557 yards, four touchdowns. I, I think he's a guy that is talented. He's a guy that, to me, I'm looking to see, you know, can he stretch the defense um, a, a little bit? That's going to be something that, uh, obviously, you know, if he can be a vertical threat there for Tongo Valoa, that's going to be huge. Uh, Corey Deitches, the, the tight end, he's athletic. I think he's very skilled there. Um, you know, he's 6'2", 220 pounds, a little undersized, but uh, the junior, he kind of reminds me che, uh, of Che Gogosium. Um, so interesting to see what he can do there. Uh, only a junior. He may be back for another year. But Delmar Glay is a left tackle, 6'5", 305. Um, look, you know, Jalen Duncan's gone. Um, Delmar Glaze has a chance to really step up. He's going to be the, the lone veteran presence up front. You, you've got four new uh, offensive linemen. So that's going to be interesting to see how all of that plays out up front. That's going to be a huge question mark, I think, for them. But uh, the running back, Roman Hemby, is a, is a guy that I think could be special. Six foot, 200 pounds, um, over 900 yards a season ago, and 10 touchdowns as a freshman. Um, look, you know, he was, he was third among all FBS freshmen with over 1,200 yards from scrimmage. So he's a guy that I think team, this team is really going to be relying upon uh, to kind of help open things up for, for Tonko Vailoa, play action and such. Um, defensively, uh, the guy that I'm really going to be keeping an eye out for um, is going to be uh, Donnell Brown. Played at St. Francis, Northeast Conference Defensive Player of the Year in 2022. This is a guy, 23 and a half tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks in his three years there. Uh, he's 6'3", 240 pounds. Uh, he's a junior. And I'm going to be curious to see what he can do. Can he elevate his game? Can he be the breakout star in the Big Ten as a pass rusher? Can his game translate? That's going to be a big question mark. Um, linebacking core, your bell cow is going to be Jayshon Barham. Um, you know, this is a guy like four sacks a season ago. Uh, only a sophomore, though. Uh, so he'll be a guy that we'll be talking about in next year's draft. 6'3", 230 pounds. Um, you know, Ruben Hippolyte, 6'2", 230. Only a junior as well. So they're relatively young there up front. Uh, I think Donnell Brown's the one guy that I'd be looking at as a potential uh, draft prospect. Jaquan Shepard, he transfers in. He's 6'1", 195 pounds, transferred in from Cincinnati. I think he's a guy that uh, is going to be playing there op opposite uh, Tarheep Still to give them really a solid group of corners. They're, they're, they're senior-laden. That's really going to be the strength on the back end of that defense. And then Bo Brady uh, led the team with 85 tackles, also had a couple of picks. He and Dante Trader there on the back end of the defense, a couple of juniors. I think the safeties will be back, obviously, with the, the corners. You know, the, the, the play that you're going to see, I think Jayshon Barham is going to be handling the middle of that defense. Um, you know, Donnell Brown potentially has that pass rusher, and then Still and Shepard on the back end. Maryland's a team that could surprise some teams, especially if Roman Hemby can get things going. But that offensive line really needs to hold up with, with four new starters. Minnesota, P.J. Fleck. Um, you know, I think there was some some controversy in the offseason with the program. Um, you know, just some weird accusations coming out of um, coming out of Minneapolis, but uh, you know PJ Fleck and company rowing the boat, seeing what happens there. Um, you know, really they get Sean Tyler transferring in from Western Kentucky. I'm sorry, Western Michigan, 5'8", 185 pounds. This is a guy that I think 
They needed to get that running back, especially now that Mohamed Ibrahim was gone. And so you get a guy like Sean Tyler. Um, he's going to be a, a guy that, look, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons with the Broncos, um, also 43 uh, receptions. So he's a guy that I think can really get that ground game going. They're known for that running game. But really the question is going to be that passing attack. Chris Ottman-Bell is back, 6'1", 210 pounds. They were at their best when they could throw the football, especially when you have Rashad Bateman there. Can Ethan uh, Kaliak uh, Manis, I always mess that name up, um, can he really do the job? He's more, no more as a as a runner. What can he do in this passing game? That's going to be a big question mark there. But Chris Ottman Bell's back. Daniel Jackson, six foot, two hundred pounds, um, as the other receiver. But really, the guy that I'm looking at in this group is going to be Brevin Spam for the tight end, six seven, two seventy. Really a mammoth, mammoth dude. Uh, a guy that is physical at the point of attack as a blocker. Um, really a, a large wingspan as a pass catcher as well. Um, you know. I think he's a guy that, with, with better quarterback play, I think we could really see something special there from him as a receiver. 42 catches, 497 yards, two touchdowns a season ago. He's going to be one to watch there at that tight end position. Um, offensive line, very young. Only one senior on that group. Two returning starters. Um, you know, it's going to be an interesting, interesting haul for them. Can they hold up? Especially when you lose a guy like uh, John Michael Schmitz up front. You're know, having that leader there at the pivot. Um, they're really going to have to figure out how they can replace him. On the defensive side of the football, I think you know you're going to be led by a sophomore linebacker, Cody Lindenberg, 6'3", 245. He's going to have to take over for Mariano Sori Marin, a guy that was really an athletic playmaker there at that linebacker position. Um, Really, this team, it's all going to be about that secondary. I think Justin Wally, uh, 5'11", 185 pounds. He's a guy that's looking like he could be a shutdown corner on the outside. I believe he's a third-year sophomore, possibly, or a junior. Um, so he's a guy that could be draft eligible. Keep an eye out for him. Um, you know, Only 5'11", 185 pounds, but he's, again, a guy that could be dynamic there on the outside. And then Tyler Newbin, he's 6'2", 210 pounds, the, the senior safety. Um, look, he's a ball hawk. A guy that knows how to how to make plays on the football. Four interceptions a season ago. I think that's really where you're going to see the playmaking ability there. You know, you think about Antoine Winfield and what he was able to do. Um, really more of an undersized safety. So Tyler Newman at 6'2 has you know the greater size. The question really is going to be just the transitions. How quickly can he get in and out of those breaks um, and really drive on the football? If he can showcase some of that, I think you're going to see a big year out of him. And we're going to be talking a lot about this guy. Um, you know Tyler Newman as a potential top five safety. I think the safety class really is kind of up for grabs. Who's going to be that guy to be that breakout star? And uh, I think Tyler Newman is a guy that has a great chance to be able to do that. Michigan State is probably the next team to talk about. Although you know you lose a guy like like Peyton Thorne to Auburn. Um, you know Noah Kim is kind of kind of be that guy that's going to be stepping in. It sounds like he's going to be the starter there at that quarterback spot. Only a junior, um, really. No experience to speak of, really, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. You do have the 6'1", 215-pound junior running back, Jalen Berger. He comes back for another year. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that needs to continue to progress like he has. Nathan Carter's a nice physical back coming from UConn. Uh, Jaron Mangum from USF kind of rounds out that running back group. That's really what's to get most excited about. You lose Keon Coleman, your, your, your big play, big receiver, uh, to Florida State, so obviously Trey Mosley has to be your guy. You know, you've got Montori Foster there at the receiver spot as well, six foot, one hundred eighty-five pounds. But it's going to be Trey Mosley, six two, one ninety-eight. 
you know, there's no Jaden Reed or anything like that in this offense, but this is a guy who I think could be a, a smooth receiver. I think he's going to end up being your top target there. Um, offensive line, they've got some veterans up front. You know, you have J.D. Duplain uh, there at left guard, Nick Samick, uh, the center, 6'4", 300 pounds. Uh, Spencer Brown at 6'6", 315. Um, offensive line play has been a weakness, but I think this is where they could really be a strength up front. You know, new starters there at left tackle and right guard. But, uh, you know, this is a group, look, they uh, ranked fourth in the Big Ten in sacks allowed with 18. Um, you know, so I, I think you're getting some physicality there with, with Samick and, and Duplain. I just think they need to be a little bit more consistent up front. If they can do that, then um, I, I think it could be a much improved group up front. Um, defensively, um, I think Simeon Barrow Jr. is going to be your guy in the middle of the defense at 6'3", 290 pounds. Um, I really don't know who's going to put pressure on the quarterback other than Jacoby Winman. You know, he's 6'2". I think he's up to 250 pounds now. They have him kind of playing on the interior of that line, um, but you know, really was a pass rusher, uh, known for some of that ability there at UNLV. And then he transfers to um, to Michigan State this last season. You know, was really at 6'2", 230, uh, but he's bulked up to 250 pounds. Um, look, in 2021, 119 tackles. Uh, 11 going for loss, six and a half sacks at UNLV. Follows that up at Michigan State. Only played in eight games, but 49 tackles, 10 and a half for loss, five and a half sacks. He's a guy that I think on passing downs is going to get after the quarterback. He bends really well coming off the edge. Could he be an edge rusher at the next level? Possibly. But he also showed, like I said, with the Rebels, that he can fly around and make plays as a you know as an off-ball linebacker. So he's one of those intriguing prospects and a guy that I'm really excited to see what he can do building upon um, you know th this last season, kind of as that transfer. Um, you know, Chris Bogle is a guy that you know really much ballyhooed uh, guy coming into that Florida program. Didn't really do a whole lot there. He's 6'4", 242 pounds. Uh, Florida just you know 10 tackles for loss, seven sacks this past season. Well, played in only four games for Michigan, three going for loss, one sack. Um, so can he be a guy? Can he stay healthy? Can he stay out on the field? Um, he's a guy, you know, one of those names that, that kind of jumps out. Um, you know, you have Tumise Adeleye uh, that's coming in from uh, Texas A&M as well. Um, he's only a sophomore, but he'll be that defensive end. They really need to figure out who all is going to help them get pressure on the quarterback. I think that's still a big question mark. But uh, Cal Halliday is another guy that's going to fly around and make plays on the football. 6'1", 235, limited athletically, but instinctive as heck. Uh, 120 tackles a season ago, 11 going for loss, one and a half sacks. 216 tackles in his first two seasons with the Spartans. He'll be a guy that's going to come back for another year, but definitely a guy that the team is going to rely upon to be a playmaker for them. Secondary is going to be a question mark. You know, I, I think you know Charles Brantley is going to, to be some talent there at that cornerback spot, a junior. But uh, look, you know, this is a team that they're, they're struggling to really hit their stride in the secondary. And uh, so I think Angelo Gross, the nickelback, um, is the lone uh, senior of the group, 5'10", 180 pounds. Uh, he's going to be a guy that um, is really going to be looked upon to have a big year, and I just don't know if he's ready for that or not. Um, which takes us to the uh, Illinois Fighting Illini and Brett Bielema and company. Look, this is a unit a season ago. Uh, I think surprised a lot of people, especially when you've had uh, Chase Brown running the football. Chase Brown was an absolute beast. It was a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, you know, that's really what Syracuse football was was all about, was getting the ball to Chase Brown, 
in a multitude of ways and letting him really go to work from there. Fifth round pick of the Cincinnati Bengals. Interesting to see if he can work his way into a potential backup role there for Joe Mixon. Uh, so what does Illinois have this year? I think that's going to be the big question mark. Uh, looks like the quarterback is going to be Luke Altmeyer uh, taking over for, for Tommy DeVito. Um, you know, a guy that was a veteran there. Altmeyer came from Ole Miss. Um, look, just 317 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, so really not really sure what you're going to get at that quarterback spot. looks like Josh McCray is going to be the uh, the guy that's likely going to take over that running back spot at 6'1", 235. You have Reggie Love, uh, the junior as well. Um, but they got to fill that void. That's going to be the big question mark. At the receiver position, you've got Isaiah Williams, and he's the guy that's going to be dynamic, uh, you know, converted quarterback, um, very elusive in open field, makes guys miss at will. Uh, 82 catches, 715 yards, five touchdowns. He's a lot of fun to watch. He's 5'10", 180 pounds, only a junior. Uh, could come back for another year, but I think a big year out of him. Uh, we could potentially be seeing Williams um, deciding to enter the draft. Casey Washington, a veteran guy there at that senior spot, 6'2", 200 pounds. Um, he'll be a guy to watch out for as a potential uh, late round draft pick. Um, but again, I think he's going to need some time to continue to develop. Um, Julian Pearl is probably their best offensive tackle uh, at 6'6", 315. He'll be a guy to, to watch out for. Uh, look, you know, three starters return. This was an offensive line. Look, Brent Bielema, you know what you're getting there. Uh, semifinalist for the Joe Moore Award. Um, you know, they've got the center, uh, Josh Krutz. He's only a sophomore. He's the son of uh, former Chicago Bear, Olin Krutz. I think that's going to be really cool to watch, uh, see how he can develop. Um, but look, th this is a group that they, they need to continue that momentum. Brett Bielema, downhill type of football, running that ball. Uh, Isaiah Adams you know, is a guy that could play guard, could play tackle. Depends if Josh Geske uh, is going to take over that tackle spot there. Uh, but Isaiah Adams, 6'5", 315, has some of that versatility. Um, so those, he and Pearl are the two seniors up front, the two veterans. So that'll be an interesting uh, dynamic to really watch out for. Because look, the, def the defense we know is going to be uh, ferocious. Jerzon Newton, 6'2", 285, the junior. Look, 62 tackles. That's the most of anybody that's returning. Five and a half sacks. Um, a guy that's just so dynamic. Second team All-American. Um, you know, he, he led the team in, in tackles for loss as well with 14 um, as an interior lineman. I look at him. He reminds me a lot of Kalijah Kansi at that 6'2", 285, 295. Uh, very athletic, explosive at the point of attack. Where's number four? Um, he's a guy that uh, you know I see him right now as a probably a top 16, 17 pick. Cansey came off the board at number 19 overall. I think that's really in that range for, for Newton as well. And his running mate, Ithkees Keith Randolph Jr., big number 88, 6'5", 305, the junior. Uh, look, they've got a, really a dynamic duo there up front. This guy, a third-team, all-Big Ten selection, but uh, a, a guy that I, I think benefited from being able to play opposite um, or you know, next to or opposite uh, Jerzon Newton. Uh, depending on if you lined up a defensive end or a tackle, I think he has some of that ability. He could be a, a five technique, could put his hand in the ground in, in a lot of different, a lot of different ways. But uh, this last season, 53 tackles, 13 going for loss, four and a half sacks. When you think about that, between he and Newton, the two of those guys had 115 combined tackles, which is just insane with that production there up front. Um, you know, Gabe Jacobs, it was 6'3", 265. 
uh, only a sophomore, so he's not going to be draft eligible. But he's going to be a guy that I think the team is going to be leaning upon as a as a potential uh, pass rusher, a guy that can really get after the quarterback. They need somebody to really uh, be that pass rush guy that they they've been missing since you know the days of Simeon Rice, Whitney Merciless. Can it be Gabe Jacobs that that can step up? Or I'll give you another name. How about Seth Coleman? Seth Coleman's a junior. And I think with Seth Coleman, you're going to see that athleticism. You're going to see a guy that has that burst getting to the football. Um, really an instinctive player, a guy that, that can rack up a lot of plays. Four and a half sacks a season ago. I think, you know, he's only a junior, so he could come back for another year. 6'5", 240 pounds, excellent size. And then, you know, the interior linebacker that, that you've got there is going to be, uh, you know, Tariq Barnes. And Tariq Barnes, 6'1", 230 pounds, another guy who I thought stepped up and, and played well in stretches, has a chance to be a late-round draft pick. And then in the secondary, you've got uh, you know Tavion Nicholson, uh, the, the corner, played opposite Devin Witherspoon. Obviously, we know what happened with Devin Witherspoon. He was the number five overall pick going to the Lions. Um, and, and look, this was a guy... That, that was dominant there on, on the outside. And I think Nicholson is looking to kind of follow in those footsteps. But you've got to replace a lot of really skilled players, right? You've got Quan Martin, who was number 47 overall, which is a just athletic freak. you got Sidney Brown, number 66 overall, the twin brother of Chase Brown, Kendall Smith. That dude was an undrafted free agent as well. Um, so he was able to to get signed with a team. So there's a lot of, of, of youth, a lot of inexperience there on the back end of that defense. So that's going to be the huge question mark. Can the back end hold up? Because that front seven is going to be coming and putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And look, you know, an easy way to take some pressure off of the secondary is if you can get to the quarterback and put pressure on him early and often. And I think that's really what Indiana or Illinois is going to try to do uh, to ultimately uh, give that 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 secondary a break and allow them to kind of ease themselves into things, uh, which gets us to Nebraska. You know, Matt Rule is going to be the, you know, the, the, the head coach here. Um, you know, you've got Jeff Sims who walks in, 6'4", 220 pounds. He's going to be taking over the, the starting spot from Casey Thompson. And, and look, you know, Jeff Sims, you know, really known as a runner at, at Georgia Tech. Um, a big question mark, you know, I mean, look, over 1,100 yards on the ground in three seasons with the Yellow Jackets. Um, you know, I, I think he's got a good arm, but look, he didn't. He wasn't really asked to do that much there at, at, uh, at Georgia Tech. Um, you know, it's going to be something to where he's going to be thrown to the fire in, uh, in, in Lincoln, and I think a lot of people have Jeff Sims penciled in as potentially that sleeper quarterback, as a guy that could possibly sneak into round number one. I'm not going that far just yet. I want to see him prove it out there. I don't have him in my top 10 right now, but he's a guy that I think could be knocking on the door. I think his play in the spring is intriguing, but uh, I'm, I'm waiting to see. Uh, I think the jury's still out. You know, I, I want to see him prove it first. Uh, Anthony Grant, the running back, 5'11", 200 pounds. I remember when this guy was a freshman. I can't believe he's a senior already. Uh, time really flies. This dude had 915 yards and six touchdowns a season ago. He's going to be the guy that's going to really be pounding things up the middle, uh, running that football. Uh, you know, I think that's going to kind of be the that focal point of that offense to kind of help things with, with Jeff Sims, get things going there. Um, you know, I think you're going to see a fullback a little bit being used by Marcus Satterfield as well. Um, receivers, you know, they get Billy Kemp, the fourth, transferring in from Virginia. 
Um, Marcus Washington is going to be their lead wide out. Um, 31 catches, 471 yards, just the one score a season ago. 6'2", 190 pounds. Uh, no Trey Palmer in this receiving core. Uh, Travis Volkolek, the tight end, is also gone. Um, you know, but you get this mammoth left tackle. Teddy Prohaska, uh, 6'10", 320 pounds. Yes, a 6'10 tackle. Um, If he's healthy, I think he's going to be that left tackle for sure. Uh, A guy that I think everyone's going to be keeping an eye out for. Uh, Arizona State transfer Ben Scott is going to be their their center. Uh, He's only a junior. So, you know, they've got some youth up front. That's going to be a huge question mark there. I think it's going to take a year or two for this team to really get going with uh, with Matt Rule. But, look, he's able to turn programs around in a short period of time. The track record, record is proven there at both Temple and Baylor. I think really the thing, though, is going to be that defensive side of the football. Not really sure who's going to be the guy that puts pressure on the quarterback. Um, that's going to be the question mark, but they're linebackers. Luke Reimer is a senior. Uh, this guy, look, you know, 86 tackles from a season ago. He's going to be your leader. This guy um, was a veteran and uh, a guy that just see ball, hit ball. He's, uh, he's just a, a tough football player. And uh, I think he's a guy that's going to be a lot, a lot of fun to watch. Nick Heinrich, uh, a guy that really was his, his teammate there in, in 2021, his, his running mate. Only five starts a season ago, but he's going to be a guy to keep an eye out for as well. So I think the linebacking core is really going to be the strength of the defense, along with the, the secondary. You know, they've got a lot of uh, veteran presence there as well. Um, you know, uh, Quinton Newsom, um, the, the corner, senior, um, 6'1", 180 pounds. He's a guy to watch out for. I think the safety, Miles Farmer, only a junior. 6'3", 200 is another guy. And then uh, that rover back, that, you know, Isaac Gifford, 6'1", 200, also a junior, but a guy that I think um, you know, could have some upside at the next level. So they're, they're, they're young. I think they're still another year away. But I think if you get Grant running the football, opening things up for Jeff Sims, that offensive line look they return four starters if they can get things going really five if you include Turner Corcoran um, and then that linebacking core can really get things going on defense they can end up surprising people a little bit you know I think it'll be interesting to see um, what Matt Rule can do in year one in Lincoln um, Purdue you know Ryan Walters comes in in his first year um, you know obviously Jeff Brom left to go coach uh, Louisville Ryan Walters look you know a guy that. Um, was a defensive coordinator there at Illinois this this last go-round. Before that, he was at Missouri. He brings in Graham Harrell to run this offense, and uh, they get Hudson Card transferring in from Texas, 6-2-201. Hudson Card, if you'll remember, was a guy that uh, you know stepped in for an injured Quinn Ewers and then was battling the ankle injury against Bama. Um, ultimately, just, I mean, a gutty performance, but, you know, look um, – you know, this offense is going to be different than what you saw under Aiden O'Connell. I think Hudson Card's going to be used to that. Um, but, you know, it's going to be something to where I think Hudson Card, we're not going to be talking about him in this year's draft class, um, but a guy that I think could could potentially turn some heads uh, going into next season. Uh, Devin Mockaby, six foot, 195 pounds. I think Graham Harrell really needs to get the football in his hands. Only a sophomore, 968 yards, nine touchdowns. Graham Harrell's offense, they don't run a ton so I really am curious to see how he's going to work Maccabee into the offense. T.J. Sheffield is going to be the, the, the 
top receiver, I think, 5'11", 190 pounds, um, you know, 480 yards and four touchdowns a season ago, a slot receiver. He'll be a guy to keep an eye out for. Mershon Rice, 6'2", 205, it is kind of the bigger receiver there in that group as well. Uh, but when you look at, at this group, um, you know, the guy that really kind of sticks out is actually Tyrone, Tyrone Tracy. And what's interesting here is Tyrone Tracy actually played uh, receiver at Iowa. And now he's he's moving over, and now he's actually moving from receiver to running back. And uh, it could be a real pass-catching option. You know, I think about a guy like a- Antonio Gibson and uh, you know what he was able to do there at Memphis, you know, receiver turned running back. Um, so I think it's going to be intriguing to see what, uh, what Tyrone Tracy can do in this group, especially in Graham Harrell's offense, catching the football out of the backfield. Offensive line, they return four starters. Um, I think Eric Miller, the right tackle, is going to be intriguing. 6'7", 305. Gus Hartwig, I think one of the better centers in the Big Ten. 6'5", 310. He's a veteran presence, played in a ton of games. He'll be a guy to really keep an eye out for as well. Um, Defensively, um, this is an interesting group. I think there's a lot of youth in the front seven. They only returned four starters from a season ago. I think the strength of that defense is going to be at that linebacker spot. I think, you know, Kydron Jenkins, now a senior, four sacks, uh, seven quarterback hurries. Um, you know, is a guy that can put some pressure on the quarterback a little bit. 6'1", 270, kind of an odd body type, um, but a guy that I think can put some pressure on the quarterback there. And then you have Corday Sidner. Corday Sidner is a guy that's going to put some pressure on the quarterback as well. Uh, four and a half sacks a season ago. Um, really a guy that you know, could put his hand down in the dirt in, in a 43 defense, but I think really is going to flourish as an outside linebacker in a 34. Um, OC Brothers is going to be your inside linebacker, another guy who has really a lot of uh, a lot of experience. Um, and he's a guy that I think is really an anchor the inside of that, 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 that group. 6'2", 225 pounds, very athletic. He'll be a guy that uh, is, is going to be working to potentially hear his name called um, at the back end of the draft, um, you know, round six, seven. Um, and then the, the safeties. That's really where the, the strength is going to be on the back end of the defense uh, with, with Sanusi Kane uh, at six foot, 205, and then Cam Allen at 6'1", 195. These are guys that are going to be the, the focal point of that secondary. They're getting some guys uh, that transferred in from Stanford and Penn State to kind of help with that secondary. Uh, but Kane, look, you know, 72 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss a season ago. And then Cam Allen, um, you know, one of the leaders in terms of, of interceptions coming back uh, with, with three. Um, so Purdue, you know, obviously a new, new system, new head coach. Much like Nebraska, I think the jury's still going to be out. That's why I've got him them a little bit further down um, you know, in my, my discussion here in the Big Ten. But a team that I think is is going to uh, going to be in some games. They're going to be tough. I think they're going to be physical on defense, and I think they'll be you know I think they'll be better than people are expecting. Which takes us to Rutgers. Now Rutgers, you know this is a team you know again. Um, they, they return five starters on offense. I think the guy really that I'm looking forward to is Johnny Langan, the tight end, 6'3", 240 pounds, 296 yards as a leading returning receiver from a season ago. He'll be the guy to watch out for. But look, Rutgers is normally known for churning out some defenders, and I think this year is no question uh, that there's, you know, we're going to see that again. Uh, Aaron Lewis is a junior outside linebacker, a guy that I think can put some pressure on the quarterback. He's going to be a guy that I think is going to 
they're going to need to have a big year from him. I think that's really going to be um, you know, an expectation there. 6'5", 255, um, 55 tackles a season ago, 8 going for loss, just one and a half sacks. He's a guy that I think they're going to really rely upon to start getting after the quarterback there. Um, defensive end, outside linebacker potentially. Then you got Deion Jennings, a guy that, that flies around and makes plays. 91 tackles uh, from a season ago. So he'll be a guy 6'1", 230 pounds. But uh, I think the most draft-eligible performer there on defense is going to be that, that Max uh, Max Melton. Six foot, 190 pounds, excellent ball skills, two interceptions. Uh, a, a season ago, he's going to be the guy that I think is going to really be counted upon to kind of lead that defense. Uh, De- uh, Desmond Igbinison uh, on the back end is another guy to watch out for. 6'3", 210 pounds, only a, only a junior, um, free safety, someone to watch out for there as well. Um, you know, I think Greg Schiano still has his work cut out for him, but he's got a lot of returners coming back on that defensive side of the football. Offense has a long way to go to catch up to that group. Um, I think they're going to put the defense on the field quite a bit, and so this group is really going to have to step up and play well um, to really try to keep them in some games. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Lewis to get after the quarterback, Jennings to fly around and make plays, um, and then Max Melton on the on the back end of the defense. I think teams will try to test him. Um, Robert Longerbeam uh, is a 5'11 corner, 170 pounds, junior, um, also had two interceptions a season ago. I think if teams don't want to test Max Melton, they'll be looking to, to kind of pick on him a little bit. So want to see if he can step up and really answer the call there. And then you've got Indiana. This is a program look. You're kind of an up and down group. Uh, you know, each and every year, um, it's one of those teams you're not really sure what you're going to get. I think Tom Allen, though, um, is probably going to struggle this year. I, I think, you know, you've got just three returning starters, uh, intriguing receiver and Cam Camper at 6'2", 194 pounds, uh, 569 yards, two touchdowns a season ago. Um, he's really the guy that I'm keeping an eye out for on the offensive side. You do have uh, Mike Caddick, Zach Carpenter, and Matthew Bedford. They're at, uh, you know, uh, on the offensive line. So you do have three returning starters. But, uh, man, they're just they're, they're hurting for, for skill position players. They're hurting for depth. Uh, Donovan McCulley is a 6'5 receiver, only a junior um, that uh, could end up making a name for himself. Um, I think Aaron Casey, the linebacker, 6'2", 235, is a guy that, uh, look, 86 tackles a season ago. He's going to be the unquestioned defensive leader. He's going to be a guy to keep an eye out for. Um, he, he's the captain of that defense, the heart and soul. So I, I think he's a guy that's looking to to try to help bring things along. Um, you know, Aaron, Andre Carter, the transfer that came in from Western Michigan, he's a guy that I think has to have a huge year. Um, I think this is a team that struggled to put pressure on the quarterback. Andre Carter, 6'5", 245 pounds. Um, started his career at Western Michigan back in 2018. Um, now he's here at, at Indiana. And uh, look, you know, he's got uh, you know, 13 and a half tackles for loss and seven sacks in 2022. That was his best year. Um, prior to the last two seasons with the Broncos, had just played in 16 games, played in 23 these past two years. He gets to have a, a sixth year of eligibility and is, is playing for the Hoosiers. He's going to have to have a huge year as well, putting pressure on the quarterback. I think the Husky back, Noah Pierre's 
uh, a bit of an intriguing guy, really a versatile veteran there on the back end of the defense as well. 5'11", 178 pounds. He's a guy that can make some plays. Just really undersized. That's going to be the big thing for him is can he elevate his game a little bit. Um, so that, that's going to be a huge question mark, I think, for sure. Um, but when you only return two defensive starters, four offensive starters, I think Tom Allen's in for um, in for a long year, and that could end up costing him his job. Which finally leaves us with Northwestern. Really don't know what's going to happen here now that, that, that Pat Fitzgerald um, gets fired, the whole hazing scandal. This is a team that I think as it was, was going to be questionable in terms of their, their production. Um, I think on the offensive line, Josh Preby, the left guard, 6'5", 310, is really probably the, the guy that I'm looking forward to most. Um, he's coming off a season-ending knee injury, but I want to see what he can do. Can he uh, return to form? I think he's a guy that has a chance to get himself drafted if he can have a big year. Uh, defensively, it's going to be Bry- uh, Bryce Gallagher. 6'2", 235, 100 tackles a season ago. He's the young question leader of that defense. Um, you know, but this is a program they're, they're really going to have to rebuild. Uh, you know, you've got Rod Hurd at safety. Um, another guy that can make some plays, uh, Coco Azima, uh, the junior safety there as well. Um, Jeremiah Lewis. Um, but just, man, they're just going to be so handicapped after the scandal that's going to be the huge question mark is is can this program really uh, how long is it going to take to really bring this program back you know when you have a guy like pat fitzgerald who was with the program for 17 years you know over 500 in his career 110 and 101 um, northwestern look you know they that's with you know, they, last year one and 11 but this is also a team that you know, under Pat Fitzgerald, they've had some years where they've been competitive in Big Ten play. Unfortunately, you know, this is with him leaving the program the way that he did. I think it's going to take a long time for Northwestern to really get back to being relevant in Big Ten play, and you know, I think that's really a shame. So that really ties things up from a, a player perspective. I think what you're looking at now are the matchups, obviously. Um, you know, September 9th, Nebraska taking on Colorado. We get to see what uh, Matt Rule can do against Deion Sanders. Um, you know, that's an old Big 8 matchup, I guess. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun to watch. September 23rd, Ohio State taking on Notre Dame. I think Fighting Irish really looking to try to make a statement. Ohio State, obviously, there, there are some, some concerns offensively if Kyle McCord can get the job done, but he's got all those weapons. Defensively, can they get consistent pressure up front? They're going to have shoot the big matchup is going to be JT Tuimaloao going up against Joe Alt. A big game from from JT can really solidify his stock. And if Joe Alt can really dominate that game, I think that really pushes his status as a top ten performer. You know that really adds to that group. Um, Iowa and, and Wisconsin. I think that's really going to be an interesting matchup there on October 14th. That's really the West West Division. Um, you know, that's going to be the big question mark there. You've got the new head coach Luke Fickle and that offense um, going up against that Iowa defense. And what can Cade McNamara do um, there against that group? Um, Michigan, Michigan State. I don't think that'll be much of a contest, but that's on October 21st. Penn State, Ohio State in the horseshoe. Um, also on that day, 
and that's going to be the game that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think the Nittany Lions, you know, they could very well be 6-0. Ohio State 6-0. Um, it's going to be one heck of a matchup. Uh, Drew Aller, uh, what can he do against that Ohio State defense? And uh, what kind of show can Marvin Harrison you know, perform uh, against Penn State? Really want to see that matchup him against uh, Kalen King. Can Kalen King do anything to really slow him down? I think that could be a, a marquee game for Kalen King as a potential first-round pick. Um, Ohio State taking on Wisconsin on the 28th. That's going to be a big matchup for Luke Fickle, taking on his old school, uh, Michigan and Penn State on November 11th. That's another one. J.J. McCarthy going up against you know Penn State's defense there with, with Chop Robinson and Adisa Isaac. Um, can they run the football? That's going to be a huge question mark there. Um, Penn State, uh, you know, obviously Curtis Jacobs. Can they slow down Abdul Carter? Um, that Michigan offensive line, can they really uh, assert their dominance? You know, I think that's going to be um, you know, something that I, we're really going to want to keep an eye out for. November 25th, that's when uh, the, the big game, when Ohio State takes on Michigan. I think Ohio State should be favored in that game. I think this is going to be a team that's going to continue to get going. Um, obviously, people are going to be grumbling about Ryan Day losing for the third year in a row if it does happen to Michigan. I, I just... I think Ohio State is going to um, score at will against Michigan's defense. Um, I think Michigan, you know, will have a chance to put pressure on the quarterback, depending on what happens with the tackle position. I think that's really going to be the biggest question mark there for Ohio State. Um, but then Ohio State up front, I think they can handle uh, Michigan's running game. That's really the big question mark. That's where they they struggled a season ago. I think they've got the horses up front this year to get the job done. So I think that's really going to be the big game. I, I honestly still believe that Ohio State is going to be uh, coming out of the East. Then you've got Michigan State and Penn State kind of duking it out after that. Um, you know, Maryland and Michigan State is probably that next layer there. And then Rutgers and Indiana kind of bringing up the rear. In the West, it, shoot, it, it's got to be Wisconsin and Iowa, right? I think Iowa with that defense, Cade McNamara with a big year. You could be talking about Iowa as, as the West Division champs. I mean, which is crazy after a year where they have one of the worst offenses. Um, you know, I think Purdue and Nebraska will be better than advertised. Um, I, I think Illinois and Minnesota may take a step back. So I think you know Nebraska and Purdue could catch them at the right time and really surge into third and fourth in the West. And then obviously you've got Northwestern that'll be floundering. They'll be lucky to win a game um, this season. So that's kind of the way I see the Big Ten shaking out. Obviously, there's a lot of excitement with that conference, especially as we start looking ahead to the 2024 season with uh, the four former Pac-12 schools, I guess, at that point, um, moving in. Um, but I think this this is going to be where you know Ohio State over Iowa in the Big Ten title game. I think that's really what I'm going to be looking forward to most. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to have a huge year, a Bolitnikoff Award winner more than likely. And uh, Travion Henderson could potentially submit himself as the number one running back. Uh, JT Tumalowau, um should be a first-round pass rusher. But, I mean, you, you, you see the talent. You know, at the quarterback position, at, at running back, at receiver, uh, tight end, offensive line, edge rushers, linebacker, secondary. There are a lot of playmakers in the Big Ten and I think they're going to really make a run at the SEC as you know the 
pre the premier conference for the 2024 draft class. I think there's a good chance that we could be seeing more teams coming out of the Big Ten or more players coming out of the Big Ten drafted than in the SEC. Remains to be seen, but you know when you look at the talent, you know at the at the top of this conference, it'd be hard to argue with that. So with that, we'll go ahead and put an end to the Big Ten. I think the the next podcast that we'll be putting together in a couple of days will be on the Big Twelve. A lot of new faces there in the Big Twelve conference. It'll also be the last year that we'll see Oklahoma and Texas. I think there's still a lot of talent that that's in this group. I think it's really Texas's. Um, conference to lose. I think TCU will give them a run. Oklahoma, can they bounce back from a lackluster year? There's a lot of talent in this group um, and I think it'll be a lot of fun to, to break things down. So we'll get to do that here in just a couple of days. So until next time everyone, for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care everyone. Have a great week and until next time, I am out of here.